Welcome to the Triple Option Pass with Ryan Gregory and Devin Voss, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Triple Option Pass Podcast. I am your co-host, Ryan Gregory, doing the intro for the first time in the history of the podcast. And with me is my beautiful co-host, Devin Voss. Devin, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. What is this? What is this? This is Ryan. a curveball, as I like to call it in baseball. Ryan Gregory kicking the show off? Man. I we'll do that. anything for our fans. We'll do anything for our I know, I fans bet. that listen to this. I bet the listeners are just going through it right now. They just have their minds blown. Twitter is ablaze right now with <laughs> triple option pass fans being like, Ryan did the intro? Question mark, question mark. Absolutely. But I mean, for our followers, of course, you know, they, they you know, know Devin, we, had, we had to spice it up because this was not a very exciting week of college football. Yeah, you got a point. You got a good point there. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to be doing this little recap of week 11 and and neither of us really have have uh, said great things about it. I mean, there's some, you know, there were some good games here and there, but it's, other than that, it just really wasn't too exciting. Perhaps the most entertaining portion of whatever we record tonight will be reviewing my picks because I think all of my upset picks fell flat from last week. I don't think I hit one. I think all of them were like embarrassing losses. So at least we can revel in my inability to prognosticate. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so, yeah, you know what? Um, you know what? You, you want to say it? Because I say it every time. Say what? (laughs) So without further ado, let's jump into it. Damn it. (laughs) Without further ado, let's jump into it. (laughs) Damn it. Well, um, starting on Saturday, we had, um, you know, I just skipped over, you know, all the action we had going on. Uh, But I will note that Cincinnati beat beat East Carolina 55 to 17. Um, Yep. Cincinnati's legit. Keep going. Notre Dame at Boston College. And what kind of, you know, had me a little bit on the fence at first. Uh, Boston College came out striking. Um, Notre Dame made some mistakes early on. And I thought for sure with, you know, how good uh, Phil Jerkovich is at the quarterback, I I thought that Notre Dame was going to put themselves in a hole. But, you know, long behold, their defense came through. Yeah, I mean, for a, a game that was decided by 14 points, uh, this was probably the best that we got all day. And unfortunately, it was a noon kick. So <laughs> things only went downhill. But um, my 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 guy, Ben Skronik, really balled out in this game. And props where props are due for as much scrutiny as Ian Book has gone through since he led Notre Dame to a playoff berth when he was, what was he, a freshman at the time or a sophomore? Uh, sophomore. Yep. He was a sophomore when he led him to the playoff and has since just been battered around by fans and analysts alike saying that he's not the guy and he is hitting his stride at the perfect time and in a perfect window of opportunity for Notre Dame, because it's fine to struggle last year. They didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of competing <laughs> last year, but with all the craziness of this year, 
for Ian Book to finally have it click and is fun, showing some some elite poise and probably some draft worthy. I'm not saying first or second or even through the sixth round draft, but someone might take a flyer on him just based on uh, his decision making is infinitely better now than it has been. And I don't know what kind of flip switch, but like props to him, props to Notre Dame. They look like they're obviously going to be playoff contenders here. Yeah, I can tell you if Caleb Lynn listens to this uh, this specific podcast uh, episode, he he's he will, will be puking at what you just said. <laughs> but I got to agree with you, man. He is hitting his stride at the right time. And especially in this game, he was doing it from all over. He was running the ball like crazy. He was hit him with the stats. Over. He really Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there he was 20 <laughs> to 27, 283 yards, three touchdowns. He ran for your uh, he had 10 carries, 85 yards, one touchdown. I mean, he was he was extending plays all over the field, and uh, a lot of a lot of props to you, to Boy Scrodek. He he is just. I, I told you before, you know, last week, I was like, this guy, he is really coming into form, and this was just this was just one of those games where he he just dominated, like his size and ability to jump over people. And his hands, it's it's unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, as you were alluding to, this this was kind of a, I mean, it wasn't a prove-it game because that was Clemson. But with the whole Phil Jerkovic storyline, this was the prove-it game as in, you know, this is what Notre Dame let go of and this is what they have. And he, he showed out. He, he definitely well outperformed Jerkovic. I mean, take it from me who predicted uh Jerkovic uh revenge game in this one and Boston College to win. I mean people are still doubting Notre Dame despite an impressive win over Clemson. I mean you'll you'll always hear the excuses of no Lawrence and and against Boston College wanting them to prove it. And now I think it's at least somewhat fair to say that this was also a prove it just just because like hey it wasn't a fluke guys when when we get down we can come back we can hang with the Giants what else can he throw at us? That type of thing. Uh, Notre Dame looks solid in in different kinds of challenging games, whether it be the behemoth or a hey hey dude, let's see you erase a fourteen point deficit. So that that that's what gives me the most faith going forward with this Notre Dame team. I don't know if they're uh, national champions, but I think that they're definitely going to be a hard out rather than their typical get blown out by thirty in the postseason type of performance right yeah um they definitely have looked looked the part that's certainly true and you know for one time uh in every single season that i've watched notre dame football since i was like six uh they're not playing down to their opponents this year they are just putting that foot on the accelerator and they are not letting go and they are scoring a bunch of points and honestly it's got to be disappointing for them going into a bye week because I'm, a, you know, they're on this momentum. You want to keep that momentum going. Yeah, they're on this momentum surge, and this bye week is going to try to crush it, but we'll see what happens coming out of the break. But, yeah, great win from Notre Dame here. Uh, great bounce back. Uh, definitely potential for a trap game. Boston College isn't a joke of a team, so um, great win for the Irish here. Can we move on to my boys up there in the uh, in uh, Wisconsin? 
Oh yeah. Uh, just, just have Adam, just have Adam. <laughs> the floor is mine. So uh, as much as you may think is uh, Michigan as a respectable program, uh, the lowly Badgers have beaten them five of the last seven times that they have met uh, making Wisconsin uh, pretty inarguably the second best team in the big 10 and probably for the last decade. And it certainly seemed like that uh, last Saturday and in all facets of the game, while the stats aren't going to necessarily jump out at you, like Graham Mertz, the, the savior, the Christ, if you will, of Wisconsin football, 12 of 22, nothing like his 17 straight, 127 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks, but it was better than Joe Milton's 8.3 QB rating on the day. So <laughs> I'll definitely take Mertz's performance over Milton's. Um, saw some solid production out of Jalen Berger, the true freshman out of New Jersey at running back. It, it looks like, um, and this isn't going to sound like a compliment, but this is like the most boring version of Wisconsin that I've seen in a while. But that's, to Wisconsin fans, that's the most reassuring thing you can hear just knowing that this Wisconsin team is going to be suffocating on offense or not on offense, be suffocating on defense and on offense, you know, do enough. If it was anything, any team other than Michigan, Wisconsin scores 21 points in this game and wins comfortably. It just happens to be that Michigan sucks ass and was giving them, (laughs) was giving them the ball on like Michigan's 35 half the time. So it was just relatively easy to score points. But this team is in a year of absolute uncertainty. And like, as Wisconsin witnessed firsthand, sometimes you won't play for two weeks. The fact that they are just so consistently boring is one of the best things you can honestly wish for right now. And (laughs) Wisconsin is like the purest, iteration of themselves this season and with um, what I thought was going to be a major question mark at running back. I've now seen two or three guys that I'm, that I'm fairly confident in going forward. So uh, uh, hail to the victor. And that is obviously not speaking about Michigan here Uh, on Wisconsin. Fantastic game from them uh, offensively and defensively, but specifically, specifically defensively. They're currently second in, uh, SP plus in defense. And I know they've only played two games, but, but still yet to perform pretty damn well in those two games to be ranked that high. Absolutely. And, you know, you definitely got to give a lot of credit to, um, Wisconsin here for, for putting on Being that, boring. Def- <laughs> but putting on that defensive performance, I mean, granted Michigan is ass, but, uh, holding Joe Milton to, you know, under a hundred yards passing, which we don't really, nobody really knows what Joe Milton is yet per se, but, um, regardless, it's, it's definitely an impressive feat and just an great all around performance. I mean, like you said, there's nothing that really jumps out on the offensive end for Wisconsin this week, but they didn't need to be, nope. uh, when their defense was playing that way. So did you yeah. watch this one live? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Do you want to take me through uh, your reaction to the second interception thrown by Milton early early in this game? Dude. Not not the tipped <laughs> one, but the one where he just surveyed the field and determined that Wisconsin's outside linebacker was the most open person, so he threw it to him? It was brutal, dude. It was so brutal. I was like, 
Because the first one was like, hey, you know, it's tipped, whatever. Uh, you know, it happens. But this the second one, when you go 0 for 2, two interceptions, and you throw it right to the DV, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was watching this game with my friend who is a Michigan fan, and I knew it was going to be pretty ugly, so I was being nice early. And I was like, hey, man, I mean, like, on the first interception, I was like, hey, man, got tipped up. I mean, like, I'm sure he'll turn it around. And then the second one, I was like, hey, your quarterback fucking sucks, dude. Like, it's <laughs> like, who was that too? There was no one within a five yard radius of that outside linebacker. And he threw it directly at his face. Like you could see in the replay that he was so taken aback that the football was coming so directly at him. It almost went off his face mask. <laughs> the ball slipped, you know, that's, that's I'm sure oh. what Joe was thinking. <laughs> yeah, so did his talent. His talent slipped too. Oh yeah, you know this this man that was touted to be the guy, Jim's guy. And remember, after one game, they said young Jamarcus Russell. Oh yeah, I did. I do remember that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I in all honesty here, I mean, I'd obviously, just from being a Notre Dame background, I hate Michigan, but in all seriousness. It's really not good for, you know, the Big Ten or the NCAA when they're this bad. So, I mean, in in the, in another sense, I do hope that they eventually rebound. Not It doesn't have to be the system, but I'm just saying, like, in general as a program, because it's not been great uh, these past couple of years. And there's definitely going to be something that has to turn this program around. I mean... They haven't been a dominant program in <laughs> God knows how long now. I don't um, know why we hold them to such a high standard. I mean, like, they're just a basketball school. It's like when IU gets good at football. <laughs> I mean, like, they should just stick to what they're good at, man. I mean, like, they've at least been to a championship in basketball in the last 15 years. So, well, that's fair, but I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> So moving on, um, keeping it uh, certainly around um, our interest, our field. Uh, Indiana, they beat Michigan State twenty-four to zero, and what wasn't a wholly exciting experience. Uh, still a great defensive performance from IU. Yeah, I mean. This is the second week in a row that Michigan State has been a victim of a, hey, want to see a dead body game? Because uh, two weeks ago, they got ethered by Iowa. And if if IU was even a little bit more explosive on offense, this would have been probably something hovering around a 50-burger <laughs> to zero. It really would have, yeah. And that, that's not to, not to dump on IU because – Obviously, they they can put up points when they need to, but they they kind of played with their food in this one. They were plotting. They were uh, Phoenix looked uh, kind of vulnerable in this one. Obviously, not as bad as Lombardi, but I definitely question some of his uh, decision making in this one. Uh, luckily for him, he's thrown a Ty Freifogel who just decided to have himself an <laughs> afternoon 11 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns 11 catches on 25 of Phoenix's completions I mean <laughs> almost half of his passes went to Freifogel he was like you know what this dude seems to have it have it together this afternoon I'm just gonna keep whipping it to him yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you could definitely have to uh, expect a lot more uh, from Phoenix going into this next upcoming week, obviously. Oh, he's, he's got to turn it up by about 10. And that's really, it's not to discredit Phoenix because at the end of the day, this guy is getting you dubs. He's, uh, you know, putting up points. And it's not in the most exciting way possible right now. And I think that that's okay. <laughs> Obviously this is their best team that they've had and ever. And, <laughs> and um, just his skill level is there. It's just gotta, it's, it's just gotta be completed. We got to remember he's, he's basically still kind of in his freshman year. I mean, you know, he only played what four or five games last year and he did really well in those games, but he's still got a big learning curve and you can see that it's still there, but, Obviously, the talent is there as well. I'm excited for next week when we get to see Watt Fillier get <laughs> 30 pass attempts thrown at him. Just all back shoulder stuff as they try to <laughs> death by a million cut cuts uh, defeat Ohio State. Yeah. And, and before we move on from the Hoosiers, shout out to Taiwan Mullen. Two picks on the day. Dude was having a field day against an obviously overmatched Michigan State offense. Yeah, that Michigan State program also going down in the dirt. Mel um, Tucker's going to get them running here pretty soon. I mean, like he he brings an an SEC mindset to the recruiting base, and so he, he's going to have them rolling. But it's pretty obvious they are not there yet. No, I don't. I don't suspect them to be either. But that's all right. They'll get, they'll get there one day. But. Um, Moving on. Ooh, you should have heard the sneezing fit I just had. Oh, my God. <laughs> It'll get you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, muting yourself, Brian. That was a yeah. great, great clutch, clutch move you got going on there. You know, this is a professional podcast we, go, we have going on here. <laughs> Tens of people have heard this, so. Absolutely. I, I want to treat it with the respect it deserves. Well, in all seriousness, um, moving on to the ACC, we had a very close one between Miami and Virginia Tech, and ugh, just you. This game That's a good was, word for it. Ugh, it, it was not a good game. It was just not a good game from either side. Um, which leads me to say that there's, I mean, there's really just not that much to, to say about it. Miami scored six points in the fourth quarter and Virginia Tech scored zero. And that's literally what determined it. That was, <laughs> yep. that was it. De'Aaron King again, having to do it all for, for the hurricanes, but boy, Virginia Tech stuffed him on the run. Like he had 18 carries for 15 yards and a touchdown, but Nonetheless, uh, they definitely had one focus on their game plan for for uh, Saturday. Yeah, it's very wise that Virginia Tech and other ACC teams should learn from this to just say, like, if Derek King's going to beat us, he's going to beat us with his arm because there's at least some chance of that uh, occasionally going awry or maybe you can game plan to stop it. You can't game plan to stop his legs. If, if, you're, if you're just like – Hey, a spy will stop him. You're going to lose that football game. You have to be dedicated to not letting Derek King run the ball. And that and that's what they did. And in theory, should have won him the game. But uh, Fuente did not coach this game very well. 
And I think we're going to see a job opening in Blacksburg here pretty soon. The the fans seem pretty fed up with his ineptitude as far as uh, in-game coaching goes. But I was so disappointed because on paper, this should have been a riot to watch. Two of the best running quarterbacks, not just in the ACC, but in college football. If you haven't heard of Hennon Hooker yet, Virginia Tech's quarterback, watch a little tape on him. He is not as dynamic as a runner as Derek King yet, obviously, because Derek King's one of the most dynamic runners we've seen such a, since a guy named Lamar was playing in the middle of Kentucky. But Hennon Hooker can run the damn ball. Is not is not much of a thrower, but uh, is a really fun running college quarterback. And and on paper, this should have been a great matchup of two defenses that couldn't stop him. And instead, we got this rock fight, twenty five to twenty four poop fest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It it just wasn't great. But I I do look at this Virginia Tech program, and I do see. Uh, even with a coaching change, certainly potentially in their future, I do see a program that is finally kind of resurrecting itself from the ground. Oh yeah. I can agree with you on that point. A hundred percent, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. Yes. Um, continuing on, uh, this is just kind of a, a heartfelt tribute. Marshall defeats mid Tennessee state on the, uh, anniversary. I don't think I, I know it's called anniversary. I don't think that's a great word for it, but of the tragic deaths of their football team, uh, I know pretty much everybody probably heard it this week. Uh, it was all over everything, but certainly a great win. And, you know, um, as, as many or not as many, but as, um, one of our professors retweeted, I saw on a tweet, you know, on Saturday, all college fans were Marshall. What a great way to put it. Um, Matthew McConaughey's best acting performance ever as head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd in the movie We Are Marshall. That was one of like the four movies I had on DVD. And um, like when we go on long car rides, my my dad's car had a DVD player in the back of it. So I just watched We Are Marshall like over and over and yeah. over. So I can like quote most of that movie. But uh, as far as actual 2020 football goes, we knew going into yeah, this one. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you are a listener of this podcast, um, you know that we are not. Uh, let's just we're not exactly keen on the Mid Tennessee Blue Raiders football program this year, and we've been remarkably high on Marshall. And so uh, Grant Wells looked fantastic again, uh, 330 yards through the air and five touchdowns. Um, dude's balling. Marshall's balling. 7-0 and now. Shout out to yeah. the herd. They are once, a, not once again, they remain the darlings of the uh, Triple Option Pass podcast. Yeah, and really is just a spectacular performance all around from this team and I mean, they're making their own case at this point uh, for at least, at the very least, a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, and that's kind of wild to say because there's so many teams there's this year. There's a lot of bids for that New Year's, yeah, New Year's so Six many. Bowl. There might be two that sneak in this, this yeah, time honestly. around. Um, you want to talk about their SP Plus? Because I want to talk about their SP Plus. Yeah, let's talk about their SP Plus. So offense, 
nothing special, of course, because they're Marshall, uh, 65th in the country right now. But on defense, 16th. Marshall is killing those CUSA teams. (laughs) They just can't do anything against them. And that's the best thing to be in a conference like the CUSA. I'd much rather have a suffocating defense than a high-flying offense. Yeah, I agree. That's just what Doc Holliday does. I mean, that's what he's been doing forever at Marshall. And he's he's got the ball absolutely rolling there. And uh, they will, of course, remain our darlings as as long as they're undefeated. We may have to have a conversation if they lose, but yeah, uh, great. 42 to 14 win over your mid Tennessee. And I expect that they will continue rolling in other news. Oh God. I can't believe I'm saying this. This is just not this. This shouldn't even be featured on this podcast, but Oh God, are you going to bring up Liberty? Nope. Oh, good. The Nebraska Cornhuskers got their first win of the season over Penn state. Disgusting. (laughs) In a game in which Sean Clifford found himself benched. And I think I speak for everyone involved in college football right now outside of Sean Clifford's parents that says (laughs) it's about time, dude. It's not like Will Levis was any better, but no, no, (laughs) but certainly Jesus, man. Both of these programs are just an absolute disarray. It, I watched this just because I wanted to see. I'm just like a sicko. <laughs> I just wanted to see how bad this was going to get. And it was bad, dude. This was exactly as bad as uh, as led on, except for Pat Fryermuth. Despite having no quarterback play, dude had seven catches for 113 yards. Like, he's like, that's cool that y'all suck. I'm a first-round draft pick, so <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, awful game. Um, don't see it getting much better for either of these teams. Did, but... you, did you only bring this up so we could dunk on Penn State and how they're I just, prob- pretty much, probably yeah. not going to get a win this year? Yeah, I, I just wanted to dunk on both teams, really, just because they both suck. And Let's, let's do a quick schedule breakdown. Yeah, sure. So I'm pulling it up right now. The Penn State Nittany Lions 2020 schedule. So let's let's re- re- recap what we got going on here. So probably should have won week one at Indiana. Uh, Phoenix had the uh, hand of God reach out uh, to yep. get to get the win. Uh, of course, they lost to Ohio State, but only by 13. Um, got shoved in a locker by Maryland and then lost by a touchdown in Nebraska. So probably best case scenario, they'd be like two and two right now. I think if you play that Nebraska game like 10 more times, they probably win like six or seven. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So coming up this Saturday, they're hosting Iowa. Iowa, who has absolutely hit their stride recently. Oh, they're going to get pummeled. Yeah, I think I, I don't know about pummeled, but I think, I was at least feeling themselves enough that they're like, we're not losing to fucking Penn State. <laughs> a week after that, we have the most disgusting football game I have ever seen. Oh, they're going to travel to the great state me. of Michigan to take oh. on the Wolverines okay. in Ann Arbor. All right, that's fair. 
So someone has to win that football game, which is depressing. Yeah. It's kind of just as depressing as this one. And then they travel the short little hop over to uh, Rutgers, who has looked uh, horrid following their <laughs> Michigan State win week one. Uh, and then speaking of Michigan State, that's who they close the season against at home. So uh, they're, they'll probably win two, if not all of those last three games, Michigan, Rutgers, and Michigan State. But they'll at least get to be a punching bag one more week against Iowa. So what a what a horrid season for Penn State. Yeah, it's it's going to be rough. Uh, That's what you get when you recruit elite talent at every position but quarterback. That is true. I, that is very true. It's going to be um, incredibly frustrating for their that's, fans. That's welcome to the life of an LSU fan. <laughs> like Jason, like Jason Owe is so much fun on defense for Penn State. Like he's going to be another top like 10 pick for them. And he's just wasting away on an own for Penn State team that just lost to Nebraska quarterbacked by one of the McCaffreys. Yeah, don't don't get shocked. Don't uh, don't be shocked if uh you see some of these players start to start to prepare for the draft instead of continue on the season. I know I would. Yeah. Um, continuing on. Well, yeah, again, not too much excitement, but U.S. Sam Howell Howell was pretty exciting, but we'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get to him right after this because we're not going to say a whole lot about it. Because USC just hardly got past the other Arizona team. And in an incredibly similar way. Um, we, we need to start implementing like segments in our show. Here, here's the first iteration of, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome to a moment in triple option pass history. This is the first iteration of what the fuck, man? How does USC keep winning these games? I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep it up. I just don't. It's, I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. To the credit, though, Slovis has looked good. Slovis has looked very good. Um, and SP Plus agrees with that. USC is 12th in offensive SP plus against all odds. And I know they've only played two games, but like I know Arizona doesn't have a great defense, but Arizona state was supposed to be pretty competent, Uh, but their defense is definitely holding them, holding them back. They're ranked 46 currently. Yeah. But like, man, to let this Arizona team that is, obviously an idol and is looking to just move on from Kevin someone as soon as possible to let them hang 30 on you and almost win the damn game. Yeah. Like, man, Helton's going to mess around and keep this job for like four more years just because they, they're just, they're just better than the other shitty pac 12 teams. Yeah. But this league he's, he's got to play Utah and that'll be an interesting game. As I said recently, Utah's going to stuff them in a locker. They're going to shithouse them. <laughs> At least we that's my see. humble prediction. Shout out to Marquis Step, uh, Indy's finest, 82 yards and a touchdown on the, de- on the day. One time Notre Dame recruit. Yes, sir. I bet he, he is regretting that choice. <laughs> Maybe. Regardless, <laughs> we got to give our Indy boys a shout out. Um, 
continuing on because that's about all we got to say about that one. As yeah. Ryan alluded to, Sam Howell had himself a record-setting day. Yeah, you take um, this one away, bud. Yeah, he he tossed for 550 yards, six touchdowns, one interception on 32 of 45 passing in a 59 to 53 win over the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And this has really been the way that North Carolina has been winning this year is just by complete shootouts, which, by the way, has me a little bit worried when they uh, play that team in South Bend. But regardless, this this team, it is one of the most dazzling teams, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Um, they scored 28 points in the fourth quarter and held Wake to eight to to win this game. So it's not like, you know, um, this was a close game at any point besides the end. Wake had a sizable lead on them until they just decided to explode in the fourth quarter when they're supposed to. And they did it. They won. Yes, they did. And like my point that I made with Wisconsin, where I said, like, this year they're extremely Wisconsin. Uh, this Mac Brown team is extremely Mac Brown. <laughs> um, and it, it's uh, kind of compounded by the fact that he hasn't had the time to get like his elite defensive studs in yet, as I'm sure he will eventually make happen. But for right now, Mac Brown's like, well, I know how to score points. So I'm gonna score points. And <laughs> boy, howdy did he, I mean, <laughs> necessary shouts out to wake who I, admittedly thought would be asked this year. Sam Hartman, a uh, former star of QB one, a popular Netflix series four touchdowns on the day, 429 yards. He just happened to be the second best quarterback on the field. <laughs> Cause Sam Howell decided to throw for a couple <laughs> conference records, <laughs> but yeah, major props to wake for hanging around with someone that was like preseason considered like, in some corners, a playoff contender. Yeah. But, you know, Mac Brown, going to Mac Brown. He's going to score them damn points. <laughs> oh, boy, he did. And, yeah, as, as you said, shout out to Wake. I don't know how many times they've scored 50 points in a ball game, but, damn it, they did it against North Carolina. They're not typically ones to do that. So <laughs> I know this took a lot of effort from their side. <laughs> yeah, they put it on the line. Um well, Ryan, what? Uh, Purdue, they lost to Northwestern. Um, and what a game. It, it doesn't look Rock like fight. it. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern won 27 to 20. And at one point, they were up uh, 27 to 13. And, like, don't let that fool you. That game was easily in the grasp of it was just a complete toss-up the entire time. Um, Peyton Ramsey did it again, the Purdue Slayer. Um, <laughs> 212 yards, three touchdowns. I'm pretty sure that might have been his best performance of the season so far for the Wildcats. But another unexciting game. But I really thought Purdue was going to pull off the comeback in the end. They had every opportunity, and they blew it. And it was very disappointing. Yeah, this game was pretty gross to watch. I wouldn't recommend 
uh, doing it on purpose. I went back and rewatched it just because I've really liked Northwestern's defense so far this season. So I wanted to like specifically watch how they were covering uh, the elite receivers on Purdue and uh, update. Well, uh, <laughs> David Bell is going to get his, but I, I really like their defensive effort. But regardless, if you're not me and you don't have to go back and watch this, don't. Uh, worth mentioning, as this has been apparently the SP Plus hour, uh, Northwestern, fifth in defensive SP Plus, and it checks out. If you want to go back and watch a different game of theirs that isn't this one, I would recommend that. But defense has been hot this season, and they've got to put yeah. that up against Wisconsin this coming week, which will yeah. be a doozy of a game. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think that'll be a great game, but... Yeah, for this Purdue team, I mean, absolutely can't have Aiden O'Connell throwing 51 passes. That's not ideal. You shouldn't have Um, thrown it at all, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm not the coach, so I guess he knows better. Uh, but but other than that, Xander Horvath showing that he could be a multi-purpose back. He had 100 receiving yards. Yeah, he balled out. Yeah, and actually one of my best friends, um, I don't know how often he listens to this podcast. I know he does sometimes, but uh, he is actually related to Xander Horvath um, on his mom's side. So that I thought that was, that's something that's kind of neat. Um, what do you know? Shout out Devin's friend. Yeah, he uh, uh, Xander went to Marion, Mishawaka, and I also got a chance to watch him play in high school and Boy, he was just unstoppable in high school. He was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but anyways, yeah. I mean, is is a rough game. And there's really not much else to say about it. I don't really think this hurts Purdue all that much. I think they'll probably end up rebounding. But just a great Northwestern team that has a great defense, really. Absolutely. May I introduce a new segment for you? Yeah. So I think this will be a, a fitting way to uh, to close out the podcast today. We're going to intro music, the triple option pass podcast darlings uh, power hour. It's going to power <laughs> through some teams that we have mentioned that we are infatuated with and that we absolutely adore. So absolutely. we'll start with our, our, our day one favorite, the currently 24th ranked Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, they put a hurting on South Alabama, 38 to 10. Uh, Levi Lewis threw three touchdowns in this one, kind of returned to form after some shaky performances from him in uh, weeks prior. So good sign for Louisiana here. Moving immediately on, we had the uh, battle of the triples. This one was very, very triple option pass friendly. Army versus Tulane. And it was a shitty game. (laughs) (laughs) Tulane ended up winning uh, 38 to 12 against an obviously overmatched Army team. Uh, Tulane runs the, as we've mentioned before, they run kind of a, a more fun shotgun read option E type triple, but still proved way too much for a very undersized Army team. Uh, moving on again, uh, App State got a pretty good challenge out of Georgia State uh, this, this past week, 17-13 here. Uh, most notably out of this one because there's not too much to – analyzed from the score. Uh, Zach Thomas goes out with an injury in this one. And uh, I don't know about his status to even play this coming week against Coastal. So that could really be 
a a season altering injury in a game that really didn't end up mattering that much for Appalachian State. So prayers out to him, hoping he's he's doing well and recovering. Uh, and finally, our our OG triple darling Georgia Southern squeaked out a victory against one and eight Texas State in a forty to thirty eight battle. Uh, Shy Wirtz with one hundred thirty one yards and three touchdowns on the ground this game. So he did his best Derek King impression and just put his team on the back on his back and won the damn thing. But uh, not a super strong showing from our our triple darlings this week. But regardless, um, most of them or most of them stayed alive outside of Army and uh, lived to fight another day. Uh, any thoughts on any of the uh, uh, triple option pass darling power hour teams recently mentioned, Devin? All I got to say is them Cajuns are raging. The Eagles are flying. Those Mountaineers are climbing mountains. And... <laughs> 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 and uh the those green waves are are really roaring. Um Yep, that's all I gotta say about it. We oh, love to and see the it. herd the herd, they're thundering. They're thundering. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so right, I'm uh since I usually close out the podcast and you opened it, let's 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 hear your close. Oh, I get to close it. Oh, this is yeah. this is off the dome. All right. All right. Well, we thank you all for listening to the Triple Option Pass podcast. We appreciate you sticking with us through uh, changes in scheduling and occasional weeks that we can't be with you. Uh, trying to figure this all out and what's been a, a crazy few months contained in a, in a crazy year. And so uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to even get to talk to y'all about this, it, even if y'all is a is a combined number that is less than 10. Uh <laughs> I always love talking about football with my buddy Devin and uh, we, I really love the analysis that he brings and the opportunity to just talk about it. So thank you, Devin. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thank you, Ryan. It's always a great time to do this podcast with you. Always a great time to get my mind off of all the work that gets bashed (laughs) in my brain every day. So not to mention the pandemic, not to mention the pandemic and work all around it. So yeah. Cut my finger again at work today. So oh I'm my god, right? Not doing great. I closed in a pair of pliers and just <laughs> gouged myself. That's why you got to go home early. You man, <laughs> you are just finding ways. Yeah, man. I, I'll gladly cut a finger off to get off work an hour <laughs> early. Don't don't you test me. <laughs> anyways, guys, this is the uh, triple option pass podcast signing off. Bye.